Welcome to Story Tadpole. My name is Eric Grossman, and my friends, my dear listeners, my enemies, whoever else might be out there, I love all of you with a heart of whatever hearts are made out of bones. No, actually, that's, I guess, not what. Yeah, uh, damn, um, alright, start over. Welcome to Story Tadpole. My name is Eric Grossman, and this is the podcast where I share my stories. My dear listeners, just uh, a quick note before I start the story is, I, I sincerely hope that these stories mean different things to different people, and I hope you can interpret it, interpret the story in a way that makes it relevant for your own life. Now, without further ado, here is Endless Blue. I flipped the switch when my best friend Khalif dared me to jump off the cliff at St. Perry's Reservoir. I flipped it when I wanted to ask Darcy to hang out with me after school, just the two of us. I gave that switch the old flippity-flop whenever I walked past Mr. Carson's house, because Mr. Carson owns a giant wolfhound named Carnage who has on at least two occasions, sent someone to the hospital. The thing with Darcy was probably the scariest. I walked up to her and tried to ask her without flipping the switch because I don't want to have to rely on it. Hey, Darcy, I said, do you... I couldn't finish the sentence. I was trying to say, do you want to come over to my house after school? But then I started to sweat a lot and I could feel it making my armpits all sticky. And suddenly, the letters in the English language were just strange shapes that people put together when they were bored to form random sounds that had random meanings. If I kept speaking, the next word I said wouldn't have made sense or would have been inappropriate. I could have ended up saying, Do you Jello?" or Do you Godzilla Pickle Me Elmo a pudgy biscuit whenever you turmeric all over the crowd? So I stopped speaking for a moment and flipped a switch and then everything was fine. I was collected. My friend Khalif tells me that when I flip the switch I get ice in my veins. But it doesn't feel like ice. It feels like my blood gets all creamy and smooth and then my shoulders slouch real low. I looked Darcy dead in the eye and said, do you want to come over to my house after school? She looked a little nervous and smiled shyly. Sure, she said. When I have the switch turned on, I have a goal, and when that goal is achieved, I have nothing. If I don't flip it back off soon, things can get bad. I turned and walked away from Darcy. I felt like I wanted to find a picnic table with no one around so I could lay on top of it and look at the sky for the rest of my life, because it was endless and full of air, and that was exactly how I felt. But then I remembered to flip the switch off and I realized that there were probably termites in most of the picnic tables around here. Besides, recess was about to end, so I better find the jacket I left by the swing set and get ready to go inside. It wasn't an actual switch, but I called it that because the change was so immediate and drastic. I don't know in which part of my body it resided, but when flipped, it was like a jar of warm honey had been uncorked in my chest allowing its contents to ooze outward until everything was warm. It was also like sitting on an old couch that molded perfectly to every curve and angle, before giving way and swallowing me in a wonderful sea of foam. 
I was weightless when the switch was flipped. I tried not to abuse the switch, but sometimes I couldn't help myself. A bee flew around our classroom, but everyone was too afraid to catch it. If I caught it, Darcy would see, and so would the rest of the class. I flipped the switch and chased after the bee. I trounced lazily around the room following the bee until it found the window and started bouncing from spot to spot, trying to find a way through. It flew into the glass repeatedly, becoming more confused with each impact. Had the switch not been on, I would have felt bad for it. Instead, I felt nothing but the need to accomplish the goal I had set. I would remove the bee from the room. The teacher called out to me and told me to sit back down, to just ignore the bee. What she said didn't concern me, though, save for the fact that if she kept speaking, I would potentially lose concentration. I couldn't allow that. I turned around and said to her, Stop speaking. She grew a long, sallow face. She was confused, like the bee. I smacked the window and the stunned insect fell into my palm where it buzzed intermittently. The vibration might have felt pleasing, but it was hard to feel pleasure when the switch was on. I then smacked the bee and it stopped buzzing altogether. It had died, but before breathing its final breath, it planted its stinger into the center of my palm, leaving a delicate poison sac protruding into the air like blown glass. A red circle was spreading from the spot where the needle entered. I calmly said, fuck, then walked out of the room. My brain was calculating. I had never been stung by a bee before. The rate at which the red circle was spreading most likely meant that I was having an allergic reaction. This was not the time to flip the switch back off, I decided. I would wait until the reaction took its course. Then my throat began to itch, so I stuck my finger down there to scratch it. I hit the mini punching bag and puked hard. My face felt hot, so I walked to the icebox in the lunchroom and stuck my head in it. It was too cold, so I rubbed my hands together vigorously to make friction and then put them against my face. The sweatiness of my hands was not very pleasing, so I sought out the sink to put my head beneath. The girl's bathroom was closer, so I went in and Darcy was there. She let out a scream of embarrassment, but I was unconcerned. I made a beeline for the sink and turned it on, but no water came out. It must have been broken. I pushed Darcy aside because she was blocking the stall and then stuck my head in the toilet. It felt terrific, but the smell was bad. So I asked Darcy if she had any good smelling lotions with her, but she didn't answer me. So I went to the nurse's office because I knew there was lotion in there. And sure enough, there it was. But the nurse was standing in front of me, blocking my path. I attempted to shove her aside, but then she yelled and someone else came in and restrained me. I said, I just need some lotion, in a calm voice. But they weren't listening to me. Instead, the nurse called to someone in the office next door. David, go call 911. This boy is having a severe allergic reaction. I kept trying to reach the lotion. I grasped for it with all my might and pop went my arm. It was dislocated. Somewhere in the back of my mind, a little voice told me that everything had officially gone to shit, but it was such a little voice, so I told it to stop talking to me because I was trying to reach the lotion, and it was doing nothing but distracting me from my goal. 
I reached the other arm toward the bottle, but the nurse and this David person were pulling me away. A second pop. I must have been reaching too hard. It was hard to tell because the goal was the goal and there was nothing else. Now both my arms refused to move. I tried to reach my head toward it so I could grab the bottle with my teeth, but pop. The muscle in my neck snapped like a rubber band. My head now hung downward. I tried to kick my legs over my head so I could grab it between my feet, and then pop. They were suddenly unresponsive. I kept straining, though, because the lotion was so close, and if I could just get even a dab of it, I could get this toilet smell out of my nose, and then I could... I woke up in a hospital bed. I looked inside myself for the switch. It had been on the whole time I was unconscious. It was time to turn it off, even though that would mean pain, but I couldn't find it. The switch wasn't there. I had no idea where it had gone. The nurse was looking at some numbers on a machine I was hooked up to. My father was crying into my mother's arms in the corner. My grandfather looked pale and tired. My sister played on her phone. My aunt Max dipped crackers into a cup full of butter and jam, her favorite snack. My uncle Benny slurped cup noodles. My best friend Khalif snot rocketed into the trash can. Even my cousin Betty was there. I had only talked to her twice before in my life. The first time she asked me my favorite color, the next time she said she couldn't believe how much I'd grown, with an expression implying that she actually could believe it, but didn't really care one way or the other. She was asleep, her head leaning against the window. I looked past her and saw that there wasn't a cloud in the sky. There was nothing but air and the endless blue behind it. Thank you for listening. Um, yeah, that's that's it. Just thank you. I love you all who who listen. It makes me happy when someone comes up to me and tells me that they had that they heard one of my stories. So just keep listening because because it makes me happy, and I hope it makes you happy too. Goodbye. <laughs>